everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast at Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Chris and special guest Amber Fisher. <laughs> Amber, say hello to the people. Hello, people. <laughs> Tell us a little, about, a little bit about yourself, Amber, and what you do here at Worship Center. Uh, well, my name is Amber Fisher, and I'm the creative video producer here at Worship Center, which basically means that I make everything video-wise that goes out on like social uh, and the website and things like that. You make all of our podcast videos. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's a blast here, uh, and I love the podcast, so it's a pleasure to be on here with you guys. <laughs> so we actually have a listener now in the studio. Yeah. Fan yeah. of the podcast, Amber Fisher. Fan of the hey, <laughs> number one fan of the podcast. Yes. I will take her. that title. Sorry to, all, sorry to all the other fans of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. It's a great... I've never read through the Bible chronologically before, and it's just like you're saying, it's so it's so fascinating to see it through that lens. Yeah, just, I feel like every episode I'm always like, I love that we're doing this yeah. chronologically because I'm learning so much more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guys, we are in Isaiah today. Right? You're going to learn so much more today. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, I hope so. <laughs> I've learned something. We're in Isaiah today, and lots of judgment going on here. What stuck out to you guys? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll go first. Um, I was, when we were reading through, something that stuck out to me was the verse that said, a spirit of foolishness, all their suggestions are wrong. And it's interesting to me that judgment can come in that form that is just, foolishness like there's nothing that you can do about it nothing that you can suggest can be right and mm-hmm. that's just one of the ways that god was showing his judgment in this way it's amazing yeah the judgment on egypt which um we talked about before we started recording that israel always wants to go back to egypt so it's uh interesting that they are tempted to go why back do there. they always want to go back hmm, why do we always <laughs> want to go back to the thing before christ <laughs> that's god's a great favorite history lesson too he always reminds them don't go back to egypt yeah. what do they do they want to go back yeah well, it's funny because he uses the word return a lot but it's always returned to me hmm. never returned to hmm. your slave masters <laughs> yeah so for you guys that uh would are listening to us before you hear the text mm-hmm. Today is a whole lot of prophecies against the surrounding nations, mm. and the prophets do this. Most of the prophets have a section like this, and quite honestly, it can be a little bit challenging as you're like devotionally reading the Bible to go, okay, why do I got to read this? Why do we have all these things? And um, I mean, some of the reasons, of course, is these are predictions that we can look at in history and you actually see that these things happen. And so if you really want to be geeky, like some Bible people out there. <laughs> I thought you were going to say in here. I was like, <laughs> well, I may have looked a certain direction. <laughs> Not at Amber. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you can look up these things and see like, when did Tyre fall? When did, when uh, was Assyria taken over? Like you can actually see that these predictions do come true. So there is, there, these are words of judgment to those nations that, you know, however they may have heard some of these words, that could have been served as warnings to people in that country. Of course, they also are spoken so that Israel themselves can know, don't be making alliances with these nations that are going to get judged. It can be reminding them of why they're being judged because every time they hear Edom, they remember that their brothers betrayed them. Every time they hear Egypt, they remember what happened with the enslavement to Egypt. 
So it can be reminding of like, don't follow in these ways. And of course, there's、uh, things in here that, that we can all learn from, mainly the character of God, just looking at what God values, what He、uh, says is good, what He says is bad. And those are some of the things that we can glean from it. But devotionally, these passages can be a little bit of a slog.、Uh, but if you put your shoes into the, yourselves into the shoes of those that were hearing them, there's a purpose for that right in that period of time. Yeah. And even the passages that are kind of tough to get through still show the character of God, which is a、Absolutely. good thing to study. Yeah.、Um, yeah then you've got like these, you're reading along and you're like, judgment, judgment, judgment. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, this sounds interesting. This sounds like blessing. This sounds、mm-hmm. good. And one of the cool things about the prophets is that sprinkled in amongst these words of judgment are promises of restoration. And、uh, w- a couple of these happen、uh, in chapter 19, Isaiah chapter 19, and it will say things like, in that day. And you kind of realize, like,、oh, we're talking about something future here. And then you hear about Egyptians speaking Hebrews, Hebrew and Assyria and Egypt being friends with Israel. And you're like, wait, I don't think that actually ever happened in history. And you go, oh, wait, this is looking towards something better. This is talking about a kingdom where every nation will be represented. There will be living in peace and there will, there will be this future restoration. So even when God's judging these pagan nations, there's still hope. There's a promise of restoration that if somebody from Egypt or Assyria says, Hey, I repent, they're going to be a part of that future kingdom, which is just, I mean, that is worth meditating on as far as God's character. Yeah. Just this incredible、uh, heart of restoration, even for the worst of the worst. I think that's a good place to wrap up. <laughs> I was going to mention Isaiah's nakedness, but I'm not going to go there anymore. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening today, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Isaiah 18, beginning in verse 1. Listen, Ethiopia, land of fluttering sails that lies at the headwaters of the Nile, that sends ambassadors in swift boats down the river. Go, swift messengers, take a message to a tall, smooth skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquests and destruction, and whose land is divided by rivers. All you people of the world, everyone who lives on the earth, when I raise my battle flag on the mountain, look. When I blow the ram's horn, listen, for the Lord has told me this. I will watch quietly from my dwelling, dwelling place, as quietly as the heat rises on a summer day, or as the morning dew forms during the harvest. Even before you begin your attack, while your plans are ripening like grapes, the Lord will cut off your new growth with pruning shears. He will snip off and discard your spreading branches. Your mighty army will be left dead in the fields for the mountain vultures and wild animals. The vultures will tear at the corpses all summer. The wild animals will gnaw at the bones all winter. At that time, the Lord of Heaven's armies will receive gifts from this land divided by rivers, from this tall, smooth skinned people who are feared far and wide for their conquests and destruction. They will bring the gifts to Jerusalem, where the Lord of Heaven's armies dwells. This message came to me concerning Egypt. Look, the Lord is advancing against Egypt, riding on a swift cloud. The idols of Egypt tremble, the hearts of the Egyptians melt with fear. I will make Egyptian fight against Egyptian, brother against brother, neighbor against neighbor, city against city, province against province. The Egyptians will lose and I will confuse their plans. They will plead with their idols for wisdom and call on spirits, mediums, and those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will hand Egypt over to a hard, cruel master, a fierce king who will rule them, says the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. The waters of the Nile will fail to rise and flood the fields. The riverbed will be parched and dry. 
The canals of the Nile will dry up, and the streams of Egypt will stink with rotting reeds and rushes. All the greenery along the riverbank and all the crops along the river will dry up and blow away. The fishermen will lament for lack of work. Those who cast hooks into the Nile will groan, and those who use nets will lose heart. There will be no flax for the harvesters, no thread for the weavers. They will be in despair, and all the workers will be sick at the heart. What fools are the officials of Zoan? Their best counsel to the king of Egypt is stupid and wrong. Will they still boast to Pharaoh of their wisdom? Will they dare brag about all their wise ancestors? Where are your wise counselors, Pharaoh? Let them tell you what God plans, what the Lord of Heaven's armies is going to do in Egypt. The officials of Zoan are fools, and the officials of Memphis are deluded. The leaders of the people have led Egypt astray. The Lord has sent a spirit of foolishness on them, so all their suggestions are wrong. They caused Egypt to stagger like a drunk in his vomit. There is nothing Egypt can do. All are helpless, the head and the tail, the noble palm branch and the lowly reed. In that day, the Egyptians will be as weak as women. They will cower in fear beneath the upraised fists of the Lord of Heaven's armies. Just to speak the name of Israel will terrorize them, for the Lord of Heaven's armies has laid out his plans against them. In that day, five of Egypt's cities will follow the Lord of Heaven's armies. They will even begin to speak Hebrew, the language of Canaan. One of these cities will be Heliopolis, the city of the sun. In that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the heart of Egypt, and there will be a monument to the Lord at its border. It will be a sign and a witness that the Lord of Heaven's armies is worshipped in the land of Egypt. When the people cry to the Lord for help against those who oppress them, he will send a Savior who will rescue them. The Lord himself will make himself known to the Egyptians. Yes, they will know the Lord and will give their sacrifices and offerings to him. They will make a vow to the Lord and will keep it. The Lord will strike Egypt and then he will bring healing. For the Egyptians will turn to the Lord and he will listen to their pleas and heal them. In that day, Egypt and Assyria will be connected by a highway. The Egyptians and the Assyrians will move freely between their lands, and they will both worship God. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing in the midst of the earth. For the Lord of heaven's armies will say, Blessed be Egypt, my people. Blessed be Assyria, the land I have made. Blessed be Israel, my special possession. In the year when King Sargon of Assyria sent his commander-in-chief to capture the Philistine city of Ashad, the Lord told Isaiah, son of Amoz, take off the burlap you have been wearing and remove your sandals. Isaiah did as he was told and walked around naked and barefoot. Then the Lord said, my servant Isaiah has been walking around naked and barefoot for the last three years. This is a sign, a symbol of the terrible troubles I will bring upon Egypt and Ethiopia. For the king of Assyria will take away the Egyptians and Ethiopians as prisoners. He will make them walk naked and barefoot, both young and old, their buttocks bared to the shame of Egypt." Then the Philistines will be thrown into panic, for they counted on the power of Ethiopia and boasted of their allies in Egypt. They will say, if this can happen to Egypt, what chance do we have? We are counting on Egypt to protect us from the king of Assyria. This message came to me concerning Babylon, the desert by the sea. Disaster is roaring down on you from the desert, like a whirlwind sweeping in from the Negev. I see a terrifying vision. I see a betrayer betraying, the destroyer destroying. Go ahead, you Elamites and Medes, attack and lay siege. I will make an end to all the groaning Babylon caused. My stomach aches and burns with pain. Sharp pangs of anguish are upon me, like those of a woman in labor. I grow faint when I hear what God is planning. I am too afraid to look. My mind reels and my heart races. I long for evening to come, but now I am terrified of the dark. Look, they are preparing a great feast. They are spreading rugs for people to sit on. Everyone is eating and drinking. But quick, grab your shields and prepare for battle. You are being attacked. 
Meanwhile, the Lord said to me, Put a watchman on the city wall. Let him shout out what he sees. He should look for chariots drawn by pairs of horses, and for riders on donkeys and camels. Let the watchman be fully alert. Then the watchman called out, Day after day I have stood on the watchtower, my lord. Night after night I have remained at my post. Now at last look. Here comes a man in a chariot with a pair of horses. Then the watchman said, Babylon is fallen, fallen. All the idols of Babylon lie broken on the ground. O my people, threshed and winnowed, I have told you everything the Lord of heaven's armies has said, everything the God of Israel has told me. This message came to me concerning Edom. Someone from Edom keeps calling me. Watchman, how much longer until morning? When will the night be over? The watchman replies, morning is coming, but night will soon return. If you wish to ask again, then come back and ask. This message came to me concerning Arabia. O caravans from Deden, hide in the deserts of Arabia. O people of Tima, bring water to these thirsty people, food to these weary refugees. They have fled from the sword, from the drawn sword, from the bent bow and the terror of battle. The Lord said to me, within a year, counting each day, all the glory of Kedar will come to an end. Only a few of its courageous archers will survive. And I, the Lord, the God of Israel, have spoken. This message came to me concerning Jerusalem, the Valley of Vision. What is happening? Why is everyone running to the rooftops? The whole city is in terrible uproar. What do I see in this reveling city? Bodies are lying everywhere, killed not in battle, but by famine and disease. All your leaders have fled. They surround surrendered without resistance. The people tried to slip away, but they were captured too. That's why I said, leave me alone to weep. Do not try to comfort me. Let me cry for my people as I watch them being destroyed. Oh, what a day of crushing defeat. What a day of confusion and terror brought by the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies upon the valley of vision. The walls of Jerusalem have been broken and cries of death echo from the mountainsides. Elamites are the archers with their chariots and the charioteers. The men of Kir hold up the shields. Chariots fill your beautiful valleys and charioteers storm your gates. Judah's defenses have been stripped away. You run to the armory for your weapons. You inspect the breaks in the wall of Jerusalem. You store up water in the lower pool. You survey the house, houses and tear some down for stone to strengthen the walls. Between the city walls, you build a reservoir for water from the old pool. But you never ask for help from the one who did all this. You never considered the one who planned this long ago. At that time, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies called you to weep and mourn. He told you to shave your heads in sorrow for your sins and to wear cloth, clothes of burlap to show your remorse. But instead, you dance and play. You slaughter cattle and kill sheep. You feast on meat and drink wine. You say, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. The Lord of heaven's armies has revealed this to me. So the day you die, you will never be forgiven for this sin. This, that is the judgment of the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies. This is what the Lord, the Lord of heaven's army said to me. Confront Shebna, the palace administrator, and give him this message. Who do you think you are and what are you doing here? Building a beautiful tomb for yourself, a monument high up in the rocks. For the Lord is about to hurl you away, mighty man, crumple you into a ball and toss you away into a distant barren land. There you will die and your glorious chariot will be broken and useless. You are a disgrace to your master. Yes, I will drive you out of office, says the Lord. I will pull you down from the, your high position. Then I will call my servant Elikim, the son of Hilakah, to replace you. And I will dress him in your royal robes and give him your title and your authority. And he will 
be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. And when he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. He will bring honor to his family name, for I will drive him firmly in a place like a nail in the wall. They will give him great responsibility, and he will bring honor to even the lowliest members of his family. But the Lord of heaven armies also says, The time will come when I will pull out the nail that seems so firm, and will come out and fall to the ground. Everything it supports will fall with it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This message came to me concerning Tyre. Will you trading ships of Tarshish? For the harbor and houses of Tyre are gone. The rumors you heard in Cyprus are all true. Mourn in silence, you people of the coast, you merchants of Sidon. Your traders crossed the sea, sailing over deep waters. They brought you grain from Egypt and harvests from along the Nile. You were the marketplace of the world, but now you are put to shame, city of Sidon. For Tyre, the fortress of the sea, says, Now I am childless. I have no sons or daughters. When Egypt hears the news about Tyre, there will be great sorrow. Send word now to Tarshish, wail you people who live in distant lands. Is this silent ruin all that is left of your once joyous city? What a long history was yours. Think of all the colonists that you sent to distant places. Who has brought this disaster on Tyre, that great creator of kingdoms? Her traders were all princes. Her merchants were nobles. The Lord of Heaven's armies has done it to destroy your pride and bring low all earth's nobility. Come, people of Tarshish, sweep over the land like the flooding Nile, for Tyre is defenseless. The Lord held out his hand over the sea and shook the kingdoms of the earth. He has spoken out against Phoenicia, ordering that her fortresses be destroyed. He says, Never again will you rejoice, O daughter of Sidon, for you have been crushed. Even if you flee to Cyprus, you will find no rest. Look at the land of Babylonia. The people of that land are gone. The Assyrians have handed Babylon over to the wild animals of the desert. They have built siege ramps against its walls and torn down its palaces and turned it to a heap of rubble. Wail, you ships of Tarshish, for your harbor is destroyed. For 70 years, the length of a king's life, Tyre will be forgotten, but then the city will come back to life as in the song about the prostitute. Take a harp and walk the streets, you forgotten harlot. Make sweet melody and sing your songs so you will again be remembered. Yes, after 70 years, the Lord will revive Tyre, but she will be no different than she was before. She will again be a prostitute of all the kingdoms of the world, but in the end, her profits will be given to the Lord. Her wealth will not be hoarded, but will be provided to food, provide good food and fine clothing for the Lord's priests. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.